0: Hello, beautiful one. This is a little bit of an unusual episode today. It falls so close to Christmas Day that I didn't want a regular interview to get lost in the shuffle, but I still wanted there to be something there for you who needed it, who needed a little boost, a little lift, a little bit of extra love, some reminders, loving reminders from the universe about what's really important and about how creativity can help be your guide during what can be a really crazy time. You know, Christmas and the holiday season is different for everybody, obviously, but and it's also different from year to year for each of us. Even though overall we probably have very joyful connections in our minds about the holiday time, it can still be overwhelming and we can find ourselves pulled to do things we don't want to do, go to events that we don't want to go to, have conversations with family members that are really difficult, it brings up a lot of things for a lot of people. And so I wanted to create a little refuge for you, a little 45-minute window where people who love you very much, like me and some of our past guests, uh, could remind you about what's really important and inspire you to maybe walk through the holiday season a little bit differently this year in a way that really serves your highest and best good and deepest self. I do feel, if you're listening to this episode, it was meant for you. This episode feels like a cozy, warm hug of love and encouragement and a reminder to stay connected to the thing that is the most important within you, which is your love. And my own offering to you, before we get into the conversation with Ange and the message from our special guests... Uh, is a reading, is just a little passage I want to read to you from Marianne Williamson's Return to Love. And I feel like I don't really have to say this anymore, but I'm going to anyway for the person that's just joining us and who really doesn't like the word God. If that's you, that's okay. I really didn't like that word for a really long time. It was really loaded for me. Feel free to swap it out whenever I say the word God, because what it really what she's really saying is love and divine intelligence, intuition, creativity. That's what we're talking about when we say God in this context. And so here's the reading from A Return to Love. Miracles themselves are not to be consciously directed. They occur as involuntary effects of a loving personality, an invisible force that emanates from someone whose conscious intention is to give and receive love. As we relinquish the fears that block the love within us, we become God's instruments. We become Miracle workers. God, as love, is constantly expanding, flourishing, and creating new patterns for the expression and attainment of joy. When our minds, through focus on love, are allowed to be open vessels through which God expresses, our lives become the canvases for the expression of that joy. That's the meaning of our lives. We are here as physical representations of a divine principle. To say that we're on the earth to serve God means that we're on the earth to serve love. We weren't just randomly thrown onto a sea of rocks. We have a mission to save the world through the power of love. The world needs healing desperately like a bird with a broken wing. People know this and millions have prayed. God heard us, sent help, sent you. And that felt so appropriate to share in the context of the season, if we lose sight of that, if we lose sight of, of the love that, that we are and the work that we're really here to do, it becomes really easy to get triggered by a family member who's annoying you, or a flight that got canceled because of the weather, or uh, the turkey that wasn't available at the grocery store, or the fact that you're alone this holiday season and don't have loved ones around you to share it with. Those things can become overwhelming and seem like the only thing to focus on, but actually we're here to be the love that already is inside of us. This conversation with Ange Miller that you're about to listen to really helps us to remember how to stay connected and grounded in our intuitive function, which is the sort of portal within us to our creativity, to God, to that love. And because it can be, it's, it's kind of one of the first functions to go when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, pardon my language. Is creativity and an intuitive function, and so there's some great little nuggets in this conversation that I think will go a long way to helping you stay connected to that deep, rich, knowing, grounded part of yourself over the holidays and hopefully going into the new year. Okay, so before we get into the conversation with Ange, just a couple of things I want you to know: some of our favorite guests from our favorite episodes took the time to sit down and send you a very special holiday wish. So uh, we have Tracy Verdugo, Kimberly Grigg. Dr. Cheryl Arrett, Beth Suter, Tracy Major, stick around to the end of the episode so that you can hear those. And I'd love to invite you to become a patron to the Creative Genius Podcast. I need the support so I can continue to create these amazing episodes for you. I create a lot of extra content for the supporters. There's worksheets and guided meditations, and there's a bonus episode that's secret behind that paywall. Uh, every other week. If you're feeling inspired by the holiday season, and by the way, my birthday's coming up at the end of the month, so it would be a great birthday present for me too. consider becoming a patron. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here all this year and for doing all the work you're doing in your life to make room for your creative genius to unfold. It really is the most important thing you could ever do. Hello, love. Hello. So, Okay, for everybody, it's very close to Christmas. Uh, by the time this goes to air, it'll be Christmas, the, the eve of Christmas Eve. About a week or two ago, you and I chatted uh, we did. for an episode of Creative Genius. And out of that, which is not going to air until the new year, in that episode, we decided that we wanted to get together and offer some love for all of the souls in the world who are feeling overwhelmed and disconnected from their own creativity, intuition, divine intelligence in the onslaught of what we call the holidays. Mm. And so you and I agreed to do this very quick and dirty, like unedited, unscripted, <laughs> raw episode. We So for everybody listening, like this is not planned. We don't like we're just here with the intention to share some of the things that have worked for us. Mm. One of the things I did to prepare for this conversation was I was thinking a lot about how we abandon ourselves in these kinds of situations. Like, how do we abandon ourselves over the holidays in particular? But it's almost like it's such a glaring example of Chaos and dysfunction really shines a spotlight on where we show up in those weird ways so that we can take that into our lives. Because we're doing those things all year round. We don't just do them at the holidays. Like we we leave ourselves all the time. We oh. disconnect from our our intuition all the time. I'm so glad you agreed to do this with me.
1: Oh, this is this is my kind of jam. I love you had me at spontaneous. <laughs> And I think that's, that's part of the key of what we're talking about because what, whenever we've got all this busyness and there's all this, you've got to coordinate all these people and functions and everything that's going on, you lose that sense of spontaneity. And I think that's part of, that's vital. What I've found is to connect to my intuition, you've got to lean into spontaneity and there's a lot of free energy there. <laughs> You know, the more that I look at all this stuff, like my own showing up in my life, I see a lot of, yeah, just energy not used wisely and that's why I run out. That's why I get fatigued and confused and all the Mm. rest of it. So coming back home to that inner, that inner state, the inner author, and I was thinking about intuition and just how it's that inner teacher in (laughs) Tuition. <laughs> so coming back to that, instead of the outer teacher, which is pretty harsh, to be honest, that outer teacher seems to be very grueling and demanding and judging and a bit demeaning, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I think that's where we get uh, fatigued because... It's that constant measuring up. like, what do I have to do now? What have I forgotten all these balls that I'm juggling? I can't drop any. And if I can't keep up, at least I've got to look like I am,
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's also this like humongous momentum of expectations for the way it's always been done. Mm. Well, my mom did it this way, and our family did it this way, and these are the and we call it tradition. And I listen, I'm a huge fan of ritual and tradition and ceremony, and I actually feel, quite strongly that we've lost the richness of those things in our lives. We don't do ritual and ceremony the way that, you know, what we did when we lived in smaller sort of tribal kind of mm. units as families. We had in, time in our, for in, it. More, <laughs> we had time for it in in our more ancient version. So we're missing that. I think that on a deep cellular level, we do miss those. But the, and, and so it, like the, the current traditions that we have are this sort of like weird dysfunctional, there's a wisdom in it. Like we're trying to recreate that old sense of ritual and ceremony, but we're doing it in this like kind of, very disjointed way that's it's very little of what was originally in those things for us, and now oh. we just do them kind of by rote and and they hurt us. I think a lot of the times, you know we you may be lucky enough to be in a family where you don't feel like it's a huge obligation to drop everything and go over to somebody's house for thirty six hours or whatever it is, you know, over the holidays. Or a series of a bunch of dinners that you may or may not want to go to. And there's, of course, there, there's that day when you feel like, oh, I don't want to go to this party or I don't want to go to this dinner. And then you go and you're glad that you went. Of, like yeah. that, of course, of course that happens sometimes. But I think for the vast majority of us, especially around the, this time of year and when it comes to the family unit, there are so many things that we're doing out of a sense of really misguided obligation. And it's mm. really, it's really unhealthy. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to give people permission within this little episode, even if it's just a baby step. Like, do can you do something different this year? And I'm not saying, you know, you've never wanted to go to your in laws' house because one of them treats you really poorly and nobody really has your back and nobody's standing up for you and neither are you and you abandon yourself all the time. I'm not saying don't go to that place at all. And like, you can't just not go. Maybe or maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe, I don't know. maybe you can. But if that's, you know, if not going would, say, break your marriage or hurt your children or like if it would be a really big dramatic thing and that you didn't do the thing, what are some baby steps that you could take this year to be different mm. in those environments and in those places? And I also kind of came up with a few ideas to share with everybody about what are some practices we can do in the days around these events to support ourselves and really ground ourselves mm. and keep that. I love when you mentioned earlier the intuitive function. Like keep our channel clear for that function to to behave as it wants to and as it needs to and in a healthy functional way. Because I think what we do is when we shove all these things on top of it, it's like, oh I can't mm. I can't operate in this big mess you've just piled on me. So I'm just gonna go to sleep until you that's stop right. being crazy and I'm just get you he can hear
1: me. Yeah, that's right. I love your questions. Just have to say that first. <laughs> I love it. And I think Uh, While I'm listening to you talking about these kinds of obligations like family functions, dinners, whatever it is that you're supposed to go to, I think that the reason why it might be exhausting and misaligned is because of that disconnection to everyone's intuitive part And, and perhaps the way to bring that something energizing to that experience to bring to to create the situation where you you didn't really want to go but you're glad that you did because I had that interaction with so and so and I got to see a different part of them or we I don't know there's always some kind of connection so I think it's about bringing meaning back to it because if you're if your family is is stuck on a level and and you can't go deep with people that's when it gets fatiguing right yeah. mm-hmm. Where at the moment that you can connect with somebody on a deeper level it it brings meaning to the whole thing and I, I I'd even go as far as to say that there's there's an energy it, it distributes energy into that <laughs> into your field too when when two people are, are finding a connection and going off you know finding a way to to connect in that situation and understand each other on a deeper level. That's always available,
0: surely. Absolutely. And I was thinking to that end, like one of my first kind of offerings tip to listeners as a practice that you could do to support that over the holidays would be to either use a sketchbook that you already have and love or treat yourself maybe to one that's specifically for this and gather a little... Think of it as like an ongoing retreat between kind of now and January 1st, where you're like a living retreat. You're in the world, you're doing the things, but you're kind of also in a little... Like the intention is that you're in a little bit of a retreat. And you're going to things and you're engaging, but that you take... So you pack up all your most beautiful pens and your watercolors and you, you put them in a little corner. where You don't have to take them with you, but you can have them at home. Whatever works for you, whatever works for you. But that your intention is to, once a day for at least 10 minutes... Sit down and sketch or draw or paint a moment from one of those events that really stood out for you. I was even thinking you could like make it really fun by like looking for the most ridiculous thing that somebody said at one of these things or the most hilarious, outlandish, triggering. You know, like it doesn't have to yeah. be like a wonderful, 'twas the night before Christmas.' Or That's not, right. Know? It doesn't have to be romantic and magical. It can be ridiculous and silly, but. Because then what happens when you've got this ongoing project is then you're when you're in those moments, you're looking for something else. You're That's not looking right. for the conflict and you're not looking for the what's not working. You're looking for the little weird magic moments. And, and you're not receiving negative energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I it can like go, that. it can kind of, it can kind of fall. So that was my, one of my suggestions about what do you think is a, is a good way that somebody could hold that
1: yeah, I like that one. And I think just spending time in between whatever obligations there are, just to debrief with yourself, with your inner author. And I guess that's what you're describing is that kind of exercise. I, I'm a big journaler and I like to show up to my journal very, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it would make a lot of sense to someone reading it, but that, that is my terrain that I need to connect back with and and feel things out, you know, and just put words down. They might not even make sense together, but I'm, I'm just pulling them from, from, <laughs> from my experience and, and just using them to move through and process whatever it is that I've been experiencing. And I find that a really powerful way to connect, you know, because in order to do that, I've got to like close my eyes and go as deep as I can sense inside of myself and check what's down there. So it's like a stop take. And if there are any yucky feelings from interactions or what I've noticed or, you know, there's, it can be so loaded when you're hanging out with your family, you know, when there's mm-hmm. a history of dramas and just the, the family order that has always been, <laughs> you kind of feel stuck in, like boxed in. I know that's, that's an issue. I, I'm really blessed with my family. I've got five brothers and one sister and we all just, we all get along really well. And yeah, I I treasure this time. I wish that it could go Mm -hmm. on for days. So Mm. I feel, yeah, I feel really blessed with that. But having said that, I know that there are, there are um, instances with in other families where it's really painful, you know, to be spending that time. So I think, yeah, just armoring yourself with that intuitive connection, that's what I would suggest.
0: So a couple things. There are people like you who have been blessed with an, you know, a family that they really enjoy being around. There are still things that you can do to cultivate your connection to your intuition because it's just new. It's a different energy, right? And you still need to find ways to stay connected, even though things are good. Mm. It's worth just remembering that too. Like, even though I'm going into a situation that I really love, how am I going to find my way back to myself at the no. end of that, you know, or stay connected to that? And then there are people who actually don't have anybody around right now for whatever reason they are at a point in their life where it's very quiet and their the community isn't really big or the you know relationships aren't really big or whatever you know life comes in ebbs and flows and and there may be somebody listening to this right now who's like well I just actually have too much time by myself I I wish that I I would almost wish that I could have a dysfunctional group of people around me just so that I wasn't feeling so alone yeah. and I've, you know, I've spent many Christmases like that myself. And what I would want to say to that person is actually there are so many gifts that can come to you in the discomfort of that silence and in the yearning for connection. There are, there are, so not to be, you know, uh, trite about it, but try to savor this time because there is a time that's coming where you won't be alone anymore and you may look back and think, wow, that was a little bit delicious, even though I didn't yeah. <laughs> notice it Yeah, at the there's time. a
1: sacredness there for sure. Absolutely. And I, I I, would feel a little bit jealous of that person, to be honest.
0: <laughs> I thrive on alone time. I don't have enough of it. The grass is always greener. Yes. But I, yeah, I just think it's it's important to underline that, that Life has given you, if that's where you are this year and in this moment and in this season of your life, there, there, mm. life has given you that because it's trying to tell you something and it's cleared away all of the noise so that it can speak more directly to you. And it's trying to speak to you through the pain. Like the answer is the pain. Like the answer is in the pain. Absolutely. The This practice of the sketchbook isn't just... For the people who are going to an uncomfortable party, it's also for let's let's start to get to know what does this pain taste like and feel like and look like and what am I hearing and what Ooh. am I trying to avoid and 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 try to maybe open up a channel so that it can speak to you a little bit more yes. loudly and the, I just find that painting and sketching and dry, like and like you're saying in your journal just random words and like that you're that's connecting to that to mm-hmm. that voice, yeah,
1: yep. And I like to think too when I am doing this work with pain, with suffering, because there is always treasure there. Wherever there's that roomy quote, wherever there is ruin, there is hope for a treasure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When I've done that work for myself, you got to be so brave, but it's absolutely worth it. And I think holding space by uh, instead just just understanding all that pain. it's It's understanding what's missing and and celebrating that at the same time. it's It's like this this dueling exercise of of holding two things at once. So on one hand, I'm missing something crucial that I that feeds me or that I celebrate, that makes my life so much extra. Um, that is beautiful, that is so beautiful and it tells me what I'm made for. You know, and and yes. I, I can see so much possibility in that. So holding on to the beauty, but it's missing. So that's the suffering. But I can also celebrate the beauty of that, you know, and I like to call this seeing beauty in the absence of it. And and if you mm. can learn to do this, oh, it's probably the single most powerful thing that creativity has taught me. And I've applied it to my life a lot and it's allowed me to stay so unjaded, (laughs) no bitterness, because every time I'm faced with, with anything that would cause me pain and suffering, I'm just thinking, oh gosh, this hurts. What's missing? What's missing? Wow. Look at what's missing. That is so beautiful that I made for that, you know? And, and so I hold it in the absence of it. And, and instead of getting bitter and twisted and, and just hurt with no treasure, <laughs> I have all this, this treasure so that when I do have that thing again, there's so much gratitude, you know, and I, I, I celebrate it all the more for it having been absent. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> oh, it makes so much sense. And it's, you know, I go, it brings me back to the, the, one of the very first things that I realized after I started this podcast, was I had recognized that there was this, like, as an artist for 20 years in a public setting, you know, always meeting people and interacting, they find out you're an artist and they're like, oh, wow, you're an artist, I wish I could do that. And it made me really sad. And I've talked about that in almost every episode, that sadness that I, and it would make me feel sort of guilty that this other person was feeling sad. And then I had this, like, aha moment one day where I was like, oh, my God, you're feeling sad because it's inside of you, and it's already. meant for like you it's, not an yes. it's meant for you. this is all otherwise you wouldn't wish for it like Absolutely. It's, it''s it's that intelligence is that's how it's getting your attention to make you come towards it is that it's making you want it. It's like a magnet,
1: yes, it's an invitation, <laughs> not an
0: exclusion
3: so now yes. I get
0: excited it's I love that we're saying the same thing. you're so much more poetic than I am about it though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Oh, my God. I
1: love it. I don't know. I I hate poetry in in the way you speak. Well, thank you.
0: I wanted to talk to you about um, gift giving because I feel like gift giving is one of the most delicious, sacred, fulfilling, deeply satisfying acts that is, and when I do it from the right place, it fills me with a with a three-dimensional feeling of gratitude and purpose and joy. And we've, uh, uh, corrupted gift giving so badly with our culture, especially around the holidays. You know, I have, I have two kids and they're under 10 and they still, you know, are really Christmas is magical and Santa and all the. And I'm a single mom on a budget and don't, can't do the, um, and nor would I want to do the thousands of presents uh, spilling out of the living room. I wanted to share with everybody what I've decided to do this year. Because my kids, when I would, I asked them, like, what do you guys want for Christmas? What do you want your big gift to be for Christmas this year? And they were they were just kind of like, Mama, I'm sorry, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. And they, it almost kind of stressed them out that I was asking them. And I just took that as a sign that they don't, they don't need much. So, I'm starting some new traditions this year at our house with Christmas. We've, and this is inspired by an old boyfriend of mine. I used to date a guy who came from a super wealthy family and I went to spend Christmas with them one year and I was a little bit overwhelmed because they lived in this massive big house and everybody had all this money and I was like, oh my God, what about the gifts and how's that going to be? And a couple of days leading up to Christmas, like weird things of mine got lost. Like I lost my winter boot and had to wear my tennis shoes outside when everyone. We out, and I, I lost like a sweat. I, lo- I just lost weird things in this house and I thought, That's weird. And then on Christmas day, this guy was like, oh, okay, well, here's your, you know, we're going to open gifts now. Here's your, this is your big gift. And he handed me this huge package and it was, and I was like nervous, right? Cause I'm in front of his whole family and this is my big gift. Oh my God, what could it be? And I opened it up and it was my winter boot. And I was like, what? (laughs) This is what? And then we, and like, there were some real gifts kind of interspersed, but mostly what was under the tree is just ridiculous gag gifts and things that they stole from you. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had this hilarious time opening things that already belonged to us. And we got the time around the tree opening (laughs) things. And I just thought, I I always loved that. And so I did that this year. And my kids are very excited. On the 24th, they have free reign to go around and steal something from everybody else in the house. (laughs) So that's, a funny, those, like that's a funny kind of light. And I've bought them like boxes of cereal Don't normally aren't allowed to buy. Like, so they're going to have this like big experience of opening all these things that they yeah. love, but it isn't going to be breaking my bank, stressing me out, and also overwhelming them with just a bunch of shit they don't need. I also want to say at the same time as I've shared that with you, and I'm quite proud that we're, I'm taking us in this direction, I feel, I want to name that I feel a certain amount of anxiety about letting them down on Christmas morning about not getting them all the gifts and showering them with all the crap and doing all the, So it's this weird, I'm a pretty evolved person. And I'm still feeling really torn between these two worlds of obligation and what actually feels true in my heart. Because what actually feels true in my heart is to knit my kids' sweaters and give them to them when they're ready, not on Christmas morning. And take them on experiences with their friends and go on a road trip this summer. And that's actually what feels like, Really wants to move through me in terms of those gifts. Like I want to give, but this pressure to give all at once and to everybody that you know on the same day, like it's so, it's too much. Mm. It's too much. Mm. It is. It is too much. And I think when
1: you have a large family as well, like I do, it gets exhausting as well. Not only financially, but just having to. Well, what will I get for this person? What will I get for that person? And and there's there's not enough time or energy to have true intention about it and and to let that, that gift giving be what is good. (laughs) And so in, in my family, we always draw out of a hat and one person will will get a gift for another person. And we have a limit of how much you can spend. And that, that just takes so much pressure off and you can really sit in what, so I'll, I'll, I'll get my person and I'll just be you know, marinating over them for the next few weeks and just thinking, what do they need? What do they need? What's a good gift? You know, and we actually went to the shops and we we tried something. This might sound a bit woo-woo, but it was fun. (laughs) When we were saying, all right, so who have you got to buy a gift for? Okay, this uncle, that aunt, whatever and and i got my children just to stand and sh- and close their eyes and just see if their body leans a certain direction and so that's where we'd go to look for the gift i love that <laughs> so just <laughs> we're making it fun and even though they actually didn't find anything that day they got tired but i found i found my thing so <laughs> i love okay i but just, i, I, I
0: lo- it's light and it's fun and we're laughing but actually there's deep wisdom in what you've just said like we, and we, we're we not on, we're not by habit teaching our children to use their bodies to lead their lives. And we have this, Ooh. I really believe like our bodies are these finely tuned instruments just ready to give us all the information yes. that we need. We already yes. know what we know. And it's just a matter of, you know, closing your eye, I I told a story a little while ago. I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or to somebody else, but there's a time in the fall when strawberries start to get really expensive because they're not local anymore. And I always buy organic strawberries because strawberries get sprayed and blah, blah, blah. So we're at the store and I Mm. really wanted to buy this thing of strawberries. And it was like $12.99 for the organic strawberries, but I really wanted the strawberries that day. (laughs) And I had my eight-year-old with me and... I said, okay, well, we're going to do it. We're going to bite the bullet and buy these strawberries, but we have to make sure that we don't pick a pack that has that one. You know, there's often the pack of strawberries and you get home and there's one really gross, moldy one right in the middle of it. And it, yeah, yeah, moldy one. And that's a, that's a $4 right? strawberry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I said, we have to be careful. So I took a couple packs down and we narrowed it down to the last two, the last two good strawberry boxes. And I said, how are we going to decide? I don't know how we're going to decide it. Then I looked at her and I said, okay, put your hands out. And I put one box in each hand and I said, which one is our box? And she knew immediately, like she knew immediately which one. And she just put the other one down. She said, it's this one, mama, let's go. And I feel like if we can, I mean, we can teach our children how to do that, but there's also an opportunity, this leads me perfectly into the next thing I want to talk to you about, which is yeses and nos. You know, when we're making decisions about what activities to do and what gifts to buy and how to comport ourselves over the holidays, Yeses and nos are, if you're stuck and you're not sure, like you're in your head and you're like, oh yeah, but if I do this, then they're going to think that. And what about that? You always have that yeses and nos information available to you, like in every moment, Mm. whether it's about strawberries or which store to go to, to buy the gift for the person that you pulled out of the hat or, or, or like, or anything, right? I love that you, that you incorporated a story about that. In your holiday shopping, because I think you can, I want. I wanted to invite anybody listening to this who's like, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed about the holidays. That's a really great practice, too, that you can just bring into your day. Between now and January 1st or beyond, if you want, make a little promise to yourself that you're going to invite that facet of your wisdom into the moment with you. And whether it's buying yeah. a turkey or stocking stuffers or making a decision about what party to go to, see if you can source that yeah. answer from this place of your body. And it, it does take practice.
1: It, it, it's a, your intuitive muscle is something there to be strengthened. And if you haven't been using it, it can feel so awkward and flimsy. And, but, but there's such great power there. And I really believe in, you know, I've, I've had times where I've been on my morning walk and I've just felt this incredible pull to, to go a certain direction that I don't usually go. It's way off track. And, and I think, oh, do I even have time for this? Because it's going to make me get home later. But I go and then I'll meet somebody not realizing that she would even be awake at this time of the morning because I go at, you know, it's like 5.30 a.m. And and then on this particular day, my friend is a singer and she was going to be recording and she just felt just in in herself, she just did not feel prepared. She just didn't you know, so I was able just to, to be there with her and like enclose her with my faith in her, my belief in her, that what she was going to be recording today is important for the world. And, you know, and just buffer her with that. And she, she had just, we left both with such a spring in our step. (laughs) We were just like going off like firecrackers. So I know that there is, you know, we're made to, to be there for each Mm -hmm. other like that. There's, there was a, a bounty and a, a fullness of energy that I had that morning that she felt depleted for whatever reason. And and how simple that I can just go an extra 15 minutes out of my way and just pour out on her. <laughs> and I'm sure people have done that for me
0: too. Yeah. So it is, there is a deep wisdom collectively. Yeah, and that's what's available to you. And it is, I love that you Acknowledge that it's a, it's a, this intuition is a muscle you've got to strengthen. Cause I think there's a fallacy that people, a lot of people believe where it's like, oh, I, I wasn't born, I'm not a super witchy or intuitive person or what, And so I don't have it mm. in me. And so you kind of just dismiss yourself, but it's uh, no, actually, this is a, pra- you have to practice, you have to make it strong. Like nobody was born mm. able to push a bunch of weights either. Like they got, they would go to the gym and they train the muscles and they intuition is very much like that. And, and when you do take the time, to do small things like the strawberries and the which way to go in the mall to the store and which where to, which direction to turn on your walk in the morning. When you incorporate those into your day, all of those little acts are doing an enormous amount to strengthen that muscle. And then they lead you down paths like the one you just described, where your life starts to feel magical. yeah so yeah, and it actually, Your life takes on this yes. like, well, what was telling me to go there? Like what magical, now you have this other like, <laughs> What am I a part of? <laughs> this is huge. Yeah. I wonder that sometimes too. What is, what's really going on here?
1: Like the most beautiful conspiracy just underneath everything. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. Well, we promised to keep this a short episode today. We're already at the half an hour mark. I, we did. Is there anything else, Anne, you want to add as we kind of close in our taking these little practices with us of cultivating our intuition oh. between now and the new year so we can really take care of ourselves. Maybe it isn't even about intuition. Maybe it's about like, what is a radical self-care thing that you can do between now and the new year to really stay tethered to yourself? Yeah, I think it's it's just being
1: being enveloped by love, being aware of that, you know, because there's there are so many situations in the day where if we're just so busy doing this and that, we don't stop to just feel loved. I feel loved by the sun.
0: <laughs> You're just allowing it, you know, receiving it. Yeah, being there to receive it, being there, being present to the joy that is. Because mm-hmm. there's even in the even in the painful moments, there's such love available. Yes, yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with me today. And oh, my I mean, pleasure! It's nice to see your face again. It's always oh. a treat. <laughs> Our first holiday message comes from past guest Kimberly Grigg. She was in season one, episode 20. Her episode was on the hazards of being a creative overachiever. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it now. She has a dramatic story uh, with a wonderful ending and an important lesson in it for what can happen to us when we do too much. And her gift today actually really ties in well with that. She's an incredible organizer and has some tips for how to set yourself up to be less overwhelmed in the holiday season. Have a listen.
4: Hi, Kate. Merry Christmas. Well, as you know, I've raised six children and I've decorated professionally for a number of years, which gave me the task of helping others get decorated, et cetera, for their own holidays. I actually used to just dread the whole season. But a few years ago, I put some things into place that have really helped me, and I hope they'll help your listeners. The first is I spend a lot of time with my day planner. The minute one Christmas is over, I start on the next, and I break everything down into small tasks and do them throughout the year. Secondly, I keep a large file on Christmas for each year. And in it, I note my Christmas card list. I keep that updated. Any gifts that I plan to buy, what went wrong in the previous Christmas, what, what went well, menu ideas, et cetera. And it really helps because it keeps it fresh in my mind. Number three, I shop throughout the year And most importantly, I wrap as I go. Number four, I decorate early, even before Thanksgiving, so I don't feel so rushed and pressured. Most importantly, and my last tip, is my me time goes to a top priority. Non-negotiables are my workouts, and my daily painting practice. Hope this helps, and I hope that everyone has a joyful holiday season.
0: The next very special holiday message that we have is from our dear friend, Tracy Verdugo. Uh, If you don't know who Tracy is, go back to episode 23. We had a beautiful conversation about breaking the rules and how to overcome fear when it comes to your creativity. She's the author of a wildly popular book called Paint Mojo and a lovely human being who just, I feel like Tracy just loves all of us like she's our mother. Hi
5: everyone, it's Tracy Verdugo here and I am beaming into you all with lots of love from down under. We are heading towards our summery Christmas And I just want to acknowledge and send everyone a big hug and acknowledge that this can be a very difficult time of the year. We ourselves have had some pretty intense health issues within our family over the last couple of years, and Christmas hasn't been ideal. But we try to do our best to focus in on the love that we have for each other, to do things that we don't normally do, to bring out the silly games and the charades, to find ways to laugh, to disengage ourselves from any other forms of social media and just to be with each other. We also spend a little bit of time at Christmas dinner talking about the things that we're grateful for. Even in the worst of times, there are things that we can be grateful for. So I hope this gives you a little bit of a lift. Lots of love again and happy holidays to you all.
0: Our next holiday offering comes from Dr. Cheryl Eret, who you might remember from episode 22 about the brain science behind creativity And we had a really beautiful moment in that episode where we talk about intergenerational trauma. I had asked her, you know, if it's possible to inherit negative things, is it also possible to inherit positive things? Because I know that there are creative surges that come through me that feel like they're ancestral. They feel like they're coming to me from a legacy of creatives that went before me. And it was a beautiful conversation. If you haven't heard that Treat yourself and listen to that over the holidays too. Cheryl sent us in this little message from her home in Los Angeles.
3: Hi, Kate. It's Dr. Cheryl. I am so happy to be joining you and contributing a little something for anybody who might find the holidays a little bit challenging. One of the things that I've found is that the gap between what we wish we would feel on the holidays, especially with family dynamics that may not be the best, that wish for what it could be and what we find can be a little bit daunting. Being able to adjust our expectations can be really helpful. And then one of the things that I really like is a self-compassion meditation. It's kind of like sending out a wish not a command, but like a like a wish, like, may you have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah. Or may you have a Happy New Year. But instead, it sends out a wish that says, may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And this is a wish that we can send out with compassion to others. And then it's something that we can send to ourselves. So that sounds like may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. And this is my wish for you, Kate. This is my wish for all of your Creative Genius Podcast listeners and guests and everyone. May you be safe, happy, healthy, and live with ease.
0: This next message comes from our dear friend and past guest, Tracy Major. She was in episode 26 and we talked about burning your life down when it's not working. And when she sent me this little audio clip to share with you, it just brought me so much joy because her advice is so irreverent. And so on point and so important. I'm definitely going to be taking a page out of her book at some point over the holidays.
2: Hello, creative genius friends. This is Tracy Major, the artist and storyteller behind Trees Have Feelings. Oh, Christmas. Christmas has so much baggage, so much trauma for me. Old stuff. As many of you know, I know you can relate. This Christmas, it will be my husband and me. We've been doing Christmas since October out with people and markets and art festivals and Christmas festivals. And I am so cooked, done. So this year, I will be snuggled up with my book, No Pomp and Circumstance, No Nothing But Movies. I'm going to Netflix this one. Netflix and my book, that's what's happening I hope that you all are able to also make some good decisions for yourself to take some time, whether it's an hour or a day, to just go inward and breathe and be quiet and come back to yourself because it's just, there's so much attached to this holiday. It makes me crazy. So with that, I send you all love, kindness, joy, and lots of inner peace. Merry Christmas.
0: And our final holiday wish from a past guest for us today comes from my heart friend and soul sister moon cycle coach, Beth Suter. She came on the podcast early on, episode 11. And I have to say, I really feel like she revolutionized, helped me revolutionize how I do my work. So I actually don't schedule podcast interviews now in any other time of the month than a waxing moon, because Beth taught me that when you align with the moon cycles, you can actually harness the energy that's all around us in a different way. And I and I didn't know any of that before. And so I always take everything that Beth says with with seriousness and appreciation. Beth's family has gone through a really difficult time recently, and it was extra special that she carved out some time to share this holiday wish with all of us.
6: My invitation to you this holiday season is to think about the biggest gift that there is. That is the gift of our life. I'm a big fan of cliches because I think there's a lot of truth in them. They say that there's no time and no gift like the present. Three weeks or so ago, my husband got very, very sick. He's relatively healthy. He's an active guy. He's 40 years old. He got the flu that then turned into a pneumonia that was very aggressive. And there were a couple points where we weren't sure if he was going to come home. There is nothing like an event like this that can really make you think about what matters. There was a point in the hospital room where he was just in so much pain, I started counting his breaths for him. I can still very vividly see us sitting there in the dark, counting one breath at a time, all the way to 20, and then we would start over. Time stood still. It was eye-opening, such a powerful reminder. No day is guaranteed for us. How important it is for us to value those that we love, and to be as present as possible. During that time in the hospital, I started writing down very specific prayers, details as to what we needed to happen for my husband to continue to heal. And I sent those specific prayers to friends and family who sent them to others. And we, we literally had hundreds of people praying for us. As we started those specific prayers, they started to happen almost in real time. I did it the next night and the next night. There's no doubt in my mind that the collective made a difference. I just want you to remember that if you are in need, if you can have a specific prayer and ask people to pray that specific prayer, if you are not the one in need, I want you to remember how powerful your prayers are, what a difference they do make. We are so very connected. So I just hope that you'll remember as the season continues to fly by and it gets busy and we get caught up in the rush, just to stop and to breathe and be grateful for that breath inside of you that gives you life and be grateful for that life that you have and all of those in it And just remember that today is your biggest gift.
0: That brings us to the end of the Creative Genius Holiday 2022 episode. I am bursting with love for you and excitement for you. And I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering you on to step even deeper inside of yourself and really cultivate A love affair with this intelligence that's inside of you, with your true self, with what you really are, with your creativity. I'm wishing it for you with all of my heart, and I'm so excited to see where you take it now and into the future. I love you very much. Thank you for being here. Be really gentle with yourself.